Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. It's nice to be able to sing the pinyin. <laughs> Not the Chinese word. <laughs> I wish I, I know how to read and, and speak in Mandarin, you know. Oh, you know, that is, that is one of my dreams, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I took it kind of seriously, so much so that uh, after, you know, when I stepped down, at least I had more time, I took time to go to uh, Kunming, all right, oh. and just to study Mandarin, you know, just to, but it's too short a time, you know. In two weeks, three weeks, you can learn Mandarin, huh? <laughs> Know, but at least uh, well, I enjoy myself there also, a beautiful place in Yunnan, you know, and all that. But this is one of my desires. But after that, of course, you know, each time, you know, I, I encounter a group of people, if I meet a group of Koreans, then I say, oh, yeah, I wish I know how to speak Korean. <laughs> <laughs> and I begin to search a little bit of Korean and actually, I think... You know, with, with, with their vowels and uh, alpha, alpha, alphabets, you know, it's, it may be easier, alright? But then the way they talk now, that's the, you know, the, what do you call that? The accent and all that, I say, Ayo, even if I know how to read and all that, I won't be able to talk like them, <laughs> you know? But it's always a dream, it's always, to, it's always good to dream because dreams are free. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and each one of us, we have many dreams in life, and a lot of my dreams have been fulfilled. Uh, you know, one of my dreams was to own, uh, uh, what do you call that, a Harley Davidson, you know, and all those things. And I thought, oh, you know, too expensive and all that. But lo and behold, you know, you know I got a Harley Davidson, you know, 1,200cc, uh, you know, uh, uh, classic and all that, you know. And then also I think, <coughs> You know, I'm a very adventurous person. I dream about a sports car. I like sports car also, you know. I say, yeah, yeah, how the sports car too expensive. And then, I, and then I noticed, you know, somebody was selling the sports car, you know, for so cheap. You know, it was an old one, the Toyota MR2. You know, if you all know it, Toyota MR2 in 1992 or 1995 model. And I got it so cheap. And I, you know, after a while, after that, I, both of these, after a while, I sold off, you know. And for the Harley, I managed to make a profit some more. <laughs> you know, so, and a lot of other things. I wanted to fly, took up flight lesson. I wanted to dive, you know, and I got a license for that. And so you find that, uh, you know, and uh, I, I like adventure, you know. So live up to your dreams, all right. It may be small, small things like that, but it adds spice to life, all right. Otherwise, you know, you'll be very, very boring, you know. But uh, you know that in life also, you find that not, uh, well, a lot of your dreams, all right. We've been talking about dreaming big, dreaming big, you know. And I have been encouraging you all even to do that. But tonight, I would like to just bring us into reality, all right? Uh, into reality about, about dreaming, you know? And uh, we've been talking about it, but uh, what, what about dreaming really, you know? So that uh, we, we, we know the, the reality of it, and uh, we'll be able to uh, face it, all right? Is it on? Yeah. The slide is not on. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, Go back, back one. one, go back one. Okay. So tonight, I have to share about dream again. And I put the, you know, in, in apostrophe there, you know, again. What is meant by that, all right? Basically, I'll let's share about shattered dreams, you know. But that, that, that word has been used very, very often, so I, 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 I just, uh, you know, want to talk about more of dream again. When your dreams have been shattered, when your dreams have been broken, many times you just give up, walk away, and uh, something happens, it affects us very, very deeply, and we, we think that, ah, this is something that doesn't work, you know. But I'd like to challenge you, even in those moments, you can dream again, amen? You can dream again. Don't give up even on dreaming. Now you find that life actually all begins with the dream. You watch that little boy or that little girl, you know, when they begin to understand, when you read them a story, they are in dreamland already, all right, you know, and they can imagine themselves being in that kind of a world, all right, and or when they see somebody, you know, authoritative, 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 
figure of authority, you find that huh, they may think that oh, I want to be like them. Or when you bring the person to church, or, or your son or daughter, a young one to church, and they see the preacher up there, and they may dream that they want to be like the pastor. So dreams, all right? And, and, and life basically starts with the dream. And many times our dreams begin with a promise of God. It's a promise of God. You know, and uh, but the fact of life is that many of these dreams may never be fulfilled. In fact, many of these dreams will be broken and sometimes into a thousand pieces. So whereas we can talk about dreams and the power of God and the Holy Spirit and all that, but the reality of life is this. All of us will face shattered dreams when our dreams are not realized or they are broken. So you find that uh, 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 shattered dreams, you know, is not something that is to, uh, 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 unexpected. In fact, it is something that will happen. It will definitely happen to each one of us at one time or another. The thing then is how do you handle those kind of a situation? It's for real. So we have to come back to reality. They say that the richest, you know, which is the richest place on earth? Dubai. Oh, I want to go there. <laughs> yeah, Dubai is very rich, very rich. But they say that the richest place on earth is the cemetery. <laughs> because there, buried underneath, are a lot of people who have powerful dreams, unfulfilled dreams, all buried down there, you know, in the cemetery. And if all of these dreams were to be realized, Society, the world, community would have been enriched in so many ways. But a lot of people die and are buried even with their dreams unrealized. You know? And so you find that uh, many of us will face that kind of a situation. And I'm sure each one of you will, will do, 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 do have your fair share of shattered dreams that affect you in one way or another. I had my dreams as well uh, when, I, when I grew up as a, uh, a, a young person. And what gave me that dream was actually a movie. Now, when I was young, I liked Hindustani movie. Yeah. How many of you like Hindustani movie? You know? uh, why? Because it's very long one. <laughs> and uh, now in Alostar, you know, I would just go to the cinema, and for at that time, maybe 20 or 25 cents only, all right? Uh, no, it, it, it's just, it is so cheap. You know, go to the cinema, and uh, you can sit in the cinema for three hours, you know, aircon and all that, you know, and so you find that money worth, you know. But of course, the actors and actresses are really inspiring also, you know, and, uh, and, and, and the storyline is also very good. And so in one of these movies, you know, it was about, about a hero, a, a doctor, a medical doctor, you know, and how he gave his life, you know, and, and very unselfish, he gave his life and all that, and, 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 and then there was an epidemic or, or, or that broke out in a certain village, and he went in there, and because of his life and dedication, he saved the entire village, you know. And that really inspired me. So, what do I want to be when I grow up? A doctor. <laughs> all right. Because of that movie. All right. And uh, so, I, I, I thought, well, yeah, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. And then after that, you know, as I shared with you, the Lord called me into the ministry. And then after that, I said, well, I, it, was, it was a struggle. But I want to be a doctor. Well, you know, I, want, I, I can serve God as a doctor. Ma. I can do good. I can save villages and all those kind of things. But the call of God was so strong. So finally, I said, okay, Lord, I surrender my dream. I embrace your dream for my life, you know. And so I just entered into the ministry. Forgetting, not, not really fully forgetting that dream. You know, once in a while, I, it came to my mind. Wow, you know, if I'm a doctor, when I go for missions and all that, it huh, will be a great help, you know, you know, and all those kind of things. But it was just wishful thinking, you know. So you find that that was the dream that I gave up. It is something that I was unrealized. But then, God, God is so, 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 so funny, so, so, so cute, you know, in that sense. You know, so uh, I gave up on the doctorate part, you know. But when I went to America to study, I studied for my Master of Divinity. And then after that, I said, hey, I can... I can, I can do my, my PhD studies in just three years, you know. And uh, since I was already there, so I decided to go for it. And lo and behold, I completed my PhD and I'm now a... Doctor. 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 <laughs> 
different kind of doctor, all right, you know, uh, more of a theological doctor. So sometimes, you know, when people see my name, you know, they say, oh, so you are a doctor, huh? I say, no, this is a theology doctor, <laughs> not, not, not a medical uh, doctor, you know, you know, but at least God has a sense of humor. You want to be a doctor? Huh? I give you to be a doctor, <laughs> you know. So this, our God is a wonderful God, you know. So when I gave up, gave up my dream in that sense when I was young, I never imagined that I would go for a PhD and all that. And I think in Malaysia, among the Christians, pastors and all that, one, I was one of the first, you know, to hold a earned doctorate, not not a honorary doctorate, all right, all right you know. And uh, the Lord is, is very good, you know. And uh, so sometimes you, sometimes there are unfulfilled dreams, but I think uh, harder to handle is the, are those dreams that are shattered. And I think the year 2020, 21, 22 is one of the, some of the toughest years in the world. All right, with the COVID-19, you know, and the pandemic and all that. And I tell you, the pandemic has shattered so many dreams, so many dreams, you know. And uh, people who have dreamt of, you know, their business, you know, all those kind of things, families and uh, other things, you know. Uh, so they have to close down and the business was affected, you know, restaurants, no business. And, uh, and, and, and some of them are still feeling the effects of it even right now. All right, they are still trying to recover from it all. Although, praise the Lord, you know, the path to recovery has been very good. But you find that, oh, how many shattered dreams there are after or during the pandemic itself. And uh, in the families, in businesses, and otherwise. But when we look at life, you find that we have to understand that the tragedy of life is not that the tragedy of life is not that we do not reach our dreams, but rather there are no dreams to reach. That will be a greater tragedy. The calamity of life is not that we die with dreams unfulfilled, but rather we live with no dreams at all. The disaster of life is not that there are no idea that, that we did not reach the ideals that we have in our heart, but rather that there are no ideals to reach out in the first place. And so you find that, hey, all these things will happen, and it will be very real. But the thing, the, the most difficult part is when you are going through it, it'll be very tough, very painful. And some people cannot handle it. So let's look into one of these Bible stories, all right, in the book of Ruth. I'm sure you know the book of Ruth, you know, and uh, when we talk about dream, it is uh, like what John Maxwell have said. A dream is an inspiring picture of the future that energizes your mind, will, and emotions, empowering you to do everything you can to achieve it. And when your dreams are shattered, it doesn't inspire anymore. It kills you. It becomes a burden. It doesn't empower you anymore. It drains you emotionally and every other area. So when your dreams are shattered, the opposite begins to happen in your life. And we have to be careful about that. So the Bible tells us about a family that was chasing their dream. And in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 2, it says here, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. Now, you find that the book of Ruth is one of the uh, 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 very simple, but one of the most beautiful stories ever written. Simple, straightforward, and there's romance in it, there's tragedy in it, and you know, uh, everything of a, it's a perfect story really, you know. The beginning and the ending and everything you talk about, plot and all that, is very, very beautiful. So it started by saying that it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. That sets the context of what is happening. What are the days when the judges ruled? Now you find that after Joshua, of course, you find that there were judges that ruled. There were no kings as yet. And it was very chaotic. It was chaotic time. There were all kinds of judges. Some were good, some were bad. 
you know, but most of them, all right, uh, did not lead very well. And it was a very chaotic times until God had to judge the nation of Israel. And uh, after that, you know, the you know, uh, God had to judge them because of their sin. You know, they 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 they, they uh, departed from the Lord and the ways of the Lord, and God had to send judgments. And one of the common judgments of God upon the nation that departed from Him, that went after other gods, is famine. And God will send famine to the land. Now, when we see, when we hear the word famine, what comes to mind? Oh, yeah, hunger, but what's the cause of it? It may be the climate change, you know, it may be the ground too hard or whatever it is. You know, we associated it with that. But in those days, famine is a sign of the judgment of God. You know, and so when famine comes, they don't look at the climate, but they, they don't look at the soil, but they say, God is judging us. And so they will turn their hearts back to God and go raise up another judge. And deliver them. But after that, they fall into sin again. And those were the days. And you find that life was very difficult for this family. And it says in those days, in those chaotic times, you know, there was a famine in the land. And as I said, the famine in the land, in their, in their thinking, is a judgment of God. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He had his wife and his two sons. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. They were chasing their dream because there was famine in the land and they couldn't, they couldn't survive. They couldn't make it, all right? And uh, there was no food and all that. And they heard that the neighboring country, the land of Moab, which is you know, a pagan land, was okay. It was doing well. And yet here in Bethlehem, there was famine. And so they made a choice and they decided, let's leave this land. Let's migrate to Australia. <laughs> let's migrate to America. And that's what happens, right? When something is not doing or going well in your country, you think of another country. And that's what they did. Now, why did he do it? There are a lot of people, you know, you know uh, 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 who question even the move of Elimelech here. They are escaping from God. If the famine is from the Lord, you know, they are escaping from the will of God rather than going through it and going into a pagan country. Is that according to the will of God? We will not judge, of course. All right? It's just, uh, but, but well, being in their situation, I, 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 I think they, 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 they look at the situation, they consider and say, let's chase after our dream in another land. Let's build our family in another land. And they decided. Now you find that we, we chase our dreams and all of us chase after dreams. And it is good, all right? You know, and uh, uh, some of the dreams are our own. Some are, of course, the, uh, according to the promises of God. You find that, uh, you know, we chase after dreams, yes. And in life, we have dreams and we chase after dreams and we make certain decisions. Many times, you know, when, 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 when some of the pastors uh, and, and even members, uh, other, other, other churches, you know, when a priest preach and then they, they talk and then they ask about family and they ask me, how many children do you, do you have? <laughs> how many children I have? I say, uh, you guess. <laughs> Oh, one of them gets seven children, five children, and all that. I say, surprise, I'm not married. Huh, really? Ah? Not married? Ah? <laughs> all of them were surprised. And then after that, the, the, the other question comes in. Why you're not married? <laughs> ah, that's a tough one, you know? you know. That's a tough one, you know. But I have only two, 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 two answers for that, all right? It lies in any decision that we make. It's either your choice, or is because of circumstances, all right? So, uh, uh, well, I say in my case, I think it can be both, you know? Uh, uh, at the early stage of my life, 
you know, it, will, it could have been circumstances, you know, because I was so busy and married to the work of the Lord and uh, all those kind of things and all that, no time for, for, for relationship and all those things. So under that kind of circumstances. But if you ask me now at, my, at the stage of my life, I think it's more of choice already, like, you, know? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know. So it's both circumstances and choice, all right? And in life, we, that's, that's the case, all right? In this, in this situation also, it could be because of circumstance, it could be because of your own choice also, all right? Uh, maybe more of circumstance, all right? So all those who are not married, you know, when you are asked that question, <laughs> very awkward, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> you know? And, uh, but you find that, hey, maybe at one stage we have a dream of getting married, of having a family. I think all of us do. And I must admit, I do have that. I did, not I do, I did. <laughs> I did have that kind of a dream before also. I mean, who doesn't? You want to settle down, you want to raise a family and all those kind of things and leave a legacy and all that. You know, that is part of the dream. But it did not happen. Is it an unfulfilled one? Or is it a dream that was shattered because uh, it did not happen? You know, and how would you handle it? How would you, how, how, how would you uh, face that kind of a situation? So in this case, they were chasing after that dream and it was wonderful, all right? And they thought that hard, you know, life will be better over there. The pasture will be greener over there in the land of Moab, even though they do not worship Jehovah, even though it was a pagan land. And then something happened. And the Bible here tells us about their shattered dreams. It can happen anytime, anywhere. Unexpected. Then Elimelech, no, no, Naomi's husband died and she was left. And the two sons. Now the two wives of the woman of Moab, the name of the one was Opal and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about 10 years. They dwelt in the land of Moab, Moab 10 years. Then both Malon and Chilion also died. So the women survived her two sons and her husband. Now this is really a dream that has been totally shattered. Three men died in a famine. How do you handle that? Oh, Naomi was so shattered. They came to this land with a big dream, just like any other migrant work, uh, workers, you know, and uh, they, they, they left their country and perhaps even pay a lot of money. And then the situation, you know, they have a sickness, they have an accident, somebody died. Their dreams were shattered. One by one, the men in the family were taken away. Elimelech, Marlon, and Chilion, leaving behind only Naomi and the two daughter-in-law, who are Opa and, of course, Ruth. Oh, totally shattered. How do you face those moments when it happened to each one of us? It may be, it may be, a, it may be a child that does not develop in the normal way. Both the husband and wife has been looking forward even to the birth of that baby. But then it did not happen that way. It could be a marriage. Oh, both the groom and the bride just said, I do, you know, and they thought that they were, it will be forever. Ten years later, they are signing the divorce paper. And not just 10 years later, sometimes it can happen. 50 years later, it can still happen. Here they are, they have lived their lives together for 50 years, and yet something still happened, and divorce, dreams shattered. It may be that business that you want, or that you so aspire, you know, to start and all those things. Broken dreams. Each one of us have shattered dreams in our life. And I can share with you a lot of my shattered dreams as well. We are all human beings. Many times we hear all the rah-rah, victorious, well, God let me, you know, God spoke to me, and you know, amen, the victory, hallelujah. But the many broken pieces, oh, nobody knows. 
Let me just share one, or just just share one, you know. So I was studying in a Bible school, and I was uh, uh, in my in my first year of the Bible school itself. You know, the Lord opened the door, and I was already a student pastor in faith uh, assembly. You know, as a first year student, and so I pastored there, and the church grew. You know, from a small terrace house, we moved to a shop lot, and the the membership grew, and all that. But uh, now it's a three-year Bible school. But when I reached the third year, you know, like every third-year student, before they graduate, they, 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 they have to consider what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? All right? So I already have a, a church to pastor. I can easily pastor the church, you know, but I sought the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord spoke to me very, very clearly. Go up north. You know, I, shared, I think I, think I shared before, go up north, you know. I said, what? Go up north? Where? North. You know, it can be anywhere. Alright? And here I, 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 I'm a, I, I have built up the church, you know. It's a growing church already, you know. I, I could stay on, but the Lord says, just go up north. Okay, so I resigned from the church, you know, and found another pastor. And then after that, I don't know where I was supposed to go. Then after, after a, a, a couple of months before the graduation in December, you know, a pastor approached me. He says, Vincent, would you like to go up north to pioneer the work? Ha, ah, that triggered it, all right? Go up north. This is what the Lord told me, I thought, you know? So, okay, I says, you know, and I said, uh, how's the work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, we, we started the work and they need a pastor. You have about 10 people there, you know, and it'd be good if you can go. So, without inquiring and checking further, I gong gong like that, huh? <laughs> say, okay, lah, you know? <laughs> okay, you know? So, after I graduated, after the graduation ceremony, that was when I... You know, uh, 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 travel up north, you know, uh, at that time I only have a motorbike, so it's not so simple to just go up north to check out the place and all that. It was only after graduation that I went with this pastor to go up there. And lo and behold, I was very excited already. I'm going to that church where I'm going to pioneer and, 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 and be where the Lord wanted me to be. And lo and behold, you know, when, when, when I reached a place there, he showed me the, 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 the church, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a house, you know, and then after they opened and after that, uh, out came a, a person and I was introduced to another person, another pastor called Pastor Peter. Oh, I say, Pastor Peter, you know, nice to meet you. And then later I discovered, Hey, he's a pastor of the church. All right, he's already the pastor in the church. And then, you know, the church has about 10 to 15 people. And uh, some are Chinese speaking, some are uh, English speaking. So this other pastor have, who had asked me to come and pioneer the work, actually didn't tell me that there is another pastor there already. <laughs> you know, and I thought I would be the pastor there of 10 to 15 people. I don't mind even to start from, from scratch. But here he was, there's already a pastor, a Chinese pastor, and, and they employ me as an English pastor of just 10 people, and both of us have to fight over these 10 people. Can you just imagine, that is a setting for disaster, you know? It's a setting for disaster. The moment I realized that, I was shocked, you know? I said, you didn't tell me there's another, another pastor here already. Yeah, he's been around for a few years already. Oh, okay, okay, since I already said yes, since arrangement was made already, I try to fit in, but I tell you, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's just a very small church, you know. You thought that big church got big problems, huh? I tell you, sometimes small <laughs> church got bigger problems. <laughs> and just about 10 to 15 people, I tell you, oh my goodness, oh, so many problems, you know. And uh, I'm not talking bad about this pastor, but then, uh, one of the things he like to do is to serve communion. You know, and he served real wine. He served real wine in communion. And he makes his own wine, you know. <laughs> and so the people, I said, my goodness, you do that. And uh, sometimes he got extra wine, he give to the members also. Now, at that time, you know how, how conservative we are, even about drinking and all those things. And there were many other things as well. So we, we, we couldn't see eye to eye with a lot of things and... So I said, after six months, after six months, I said, uh, I, think, I think you better take over the church, <laughs> you know. And since you're, you are here first, okay, you take over the church, I leave, you know. So I survived there for just six months only. Another, one of the shortest pastorate, you know. And uh, so I thought, Lord, what happened? I thought you told me to go up north. And now this thing happened. I have the dream of building the church there in Butterworth. Not on Penang, in Penang, but in Butterworth itself, Raja Uda. You know, ah, it didn't work out. 
And I was so angry with that pastor who invited me. You never tell me everything, huh? and you know, you are an experienced pastor. You never tell me the setting and all those things. And I was conning him to come in and all those kind of things. And I could have been so angry with him. At that time, I was really angry with him. You know, I felt like I was tricked into the pastorate there. You know, ah, you know what happened? Oh, you know, so my life, my ministry is at stake. Now, what am I going to do? You know? So anyway, I just left. I just left. I say, you know, let there be peace in the church. And I went over to Penang side, you know. And I tell you, the first six months I was in that church, a lot of problems. And after that, the next six months, I was like in the wilderness. I was in the wilderness. Can you just imagine? No support, nothing at all. And just trusting the Lord, you know. But God was good. God was good, you know. After that, uh, uh, a church opened up. A church opened up for me, and it seems the pastor, you know, uh, 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 it, it, it was a great church, you know. And but the pastor has been falling sick for a while, you know, has been sickly, you know. So I asked me, hey Vincent, can you just uh, stand in for me? You know, stand in for me only for just a few few months I, until I get stronger. I said, oh, okay, since I got, <coughs> I'm, I think I'm just looking to start a church. Actually, I'm looking to pioneer a church in 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 uh, in Penang itself. But uh, since I haven't started, okay, I'll do that. So I just uh, help her, you know, and and build a church. And after three months, you know, she says, listen. I think you better take over the church, <laughs> you know, because we are doing so well already. And she, she was very physically quite weak, you know. She couldn't take the strain of, of the of the pastorate, and she will be the associate. I said, okay, if that's the case, instead of pioneering a fresh world since uh, uh, this is available. So I tell you, the Lord let me, you know, uh, in the wilderness for six months. For six months before this thing happened, and after that, oh, the church just uh, grew, and we one of my one of my uh, uh, one, uh, most wonderful and memorable times was in Penang, pastoring the church tabernacle uh, of praise, DOP. You know, as I, I don't know whether I've shared before. So you find that hi, hey, you know, we have shattered dreams, but sometimes you find that out of that uh, shattering, something good comes out. You know, and. Uh, 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 th- those other six months in the wilderness, I tell you, it really built me up. It really built up my faith, you know, and, and in trusting the Lord, in, in being sensitive to what God has for us. A shattered dreams it will happen everywhere, anywhere. And uh, in the ministry, it will happen many, many times unless we learn how to handle it. You know, the ministry will become such a burden in that sense unless we know how to handle the dreams. And many of these may never come to pass. I got a lot of dreams even for uh, glad tidings, you know, uh, before I, I stepped down. I got a lot of dreams, all right? And I, I must, I must, I must uh, uh, be honest to say that many of these dreams, that I want, many of the things that I wanted to do in that church, I will. I was not able to do it, you know, for various reasons. All right, I'm not able to do it, you know. But I have to submit myself to the Lord. Okay, Lord, I have done everything that I I could, you know, and I will just uh, move on with you. So you find a shattered dreams, all right? How you handle it then, you know, is very very uh, uh, important. Look at how it affected Naomi. Shattered dreams and shaken faith. So later on, you know, she decided to go back to Bethlehem. And there were a group of women that gathered together to welcome her. They were excited. They remembered this Naomi. Her name means pleasant. Naomi means a very, very pleasant person. But look at what her dream has done to her. She said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again, empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? When your dreams are shattered, who do you blame? In this case, Naomi says, it's the Lord. The Lord is the one who has afflicted me. I went out full, now I came back empty. What kind of a dream is that? What kind of a deal is that? And she even changed her name. Don't call me Naomi anymore. I'm not that pleasant anymore. Don't come here. I'm dangerous. I'm a dangerous person now because my dreams have been shattered. 
and I'm very, very bitter. Mara. A lot of times, many people do not recover from their broken dreams. It affected them very deeply. And the one that I shared with you about the church, actually that one is nothing. Many people go through a lot of pain. A lot of pain. And some enter into depression. Some never come out of it. It's real. The pain of a shattered dream is very real. So how do you handle it? Three reactions that we must avoid. The first one, as what I have explained, is that of bitterness. Bitterness and resentment. It can happen so very easily. A church mistreated you. Or did not give you the kind of a reception or recognition. It can cause you to become, to, to wonder. Somebody says something and he hurts you. And I say so many things can happen. All right, when that cause the, 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 the shattering of that dream, whatever it is. And sometimes the greatest bitterness is when you turn against the Lord. Just like Naomi, the Lord has afflicted me. When she said that kind of statement, oh, you feel her hurt and pain. But like I say, when they left Bethlehem to go to Moab, whose decision was that? Why did they make that decision? It was their choice. There's still a, they, they, uh, people are debating. It was their own fault. It was their own choice. Their own decision. And yet now, when things turn bad, he says, it's the Lord. That's very common for us, <coughs> isn't it? You know, if they had succeeded in Moab, oh, they wouldn't blame the Lord already. You know, they say, yay, we did it, yeah. We made it in a strange land, in a foreign land. But when things turn sour, God, why are you like this? So many people have turned bitter against the Lord. Oh, over choices that they have made themselves. God could have intervened and stopped them. But we are still creatures of free will. And God allowed them. But God never forsook them. So don't allow bitterness to come in. Doesn't matter who has caused that dream of yours to be shattered to a thousand pieces. Never hold any grudges against anyone. The book of Hebrews says, Do not let even the root of bitterness dwell in you. Because that's very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. It will kill you if there is any sense uh, of, of bitterness or, or resentment. And, and, and you may never get out and you, can, you may not uh, survive and you may not grow again if that bitterness is not dealt with. So learn to surrender this unto the Lord. Whoever that has injured you and that has hurt you and that has co uh, caused the collapse of your dream, it may be even your trusted business partner i've known of you know people you know christian and christian entering into business and one of them suddenly pull out or did something or take away the company and the one you know who have trusted that partner left shattered you know and are so hurt and may find it so hard to recover but this is something that we have to deal with and surrender even unto the lord and in the case of Naomi, at least in the Jewish community, there are the group of women there, you know, who welcome her back and all that. But then did she really fit back into the community? We are not sure. But it is very important to do that. When our dreams are shattered already, you find that it's very easy for us to go enter into withdrawal. Detached from society. We just want to be isolated and say, don't disturb me, leave me alone. Very, 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 very easy to fall into that. But don't, all right, don't. 
don't go into withdrawal into yourself but rather continue continue to interact even with others otherwise you know depression and other kind of uh, uh, negative uh, emotions will arise and uh, will will affect you you find that fatalism is another thing to avoid sometimes when our dreams are shattered we say ah you know it's fated for me all right it is this is this is my lord in life all right and, and I, I i can never succeed i'm always like this you know i can never get out of this cycle and all those things and you thought that this is your luck this is your fate already for life and uh, one disaster after another no it does not happen that way all right so is this is not fatalism but many times we think that uh you know uh uh uh, uh it has happened to us and that's the case so these are the three things that we need to avoid even to uh, uh in handling of the shattered dreams so in the midst of this all right to cut this long story short i'm sure some of you, uh, many of you know the story of uh, ruth already i will not go through the whole uh, uh chapters there but there is one verse all right the conclusion of this chapter in chapter one of the book of ruth Right, it started with uh, chasing the dream and then how the dream was shattered and the reaction and all those things. But God gave a glimmer of hope. There is a glimmer of hope in this verse that is attached at the end of, uh, 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 of, of the chapter. And it says here in verse, hmm, I thought it was 21. Is it 21 or 22? Anyway, uh, it says here, So Naomi returned and ruled the Moabites her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. So they returned. Friends, when your dreams are shattered, go back to the origin. Go back to the source. All right, don't run away from it. And they went back to Bethlehem and, uh, and, and, and Ruth. All right, I did not focus on the story of Ruth and how Ruth followed the mother-in-law. Uh, but uh, Ruth followed and the two of them came back, even to Bethlehem. And he says, now they came to Bethlehem, when? At the beginning of the barley harvest. That is the glimmer of hope that I can, I can catch here. All right, for these two women who have, who have lost so much and almost everything. Now, now for, for Ruth also, she, she, she has her own shattered dream. She got married to Marlon, right? And uh, she has dreams of a married life. She has dreamed of having her own children. But her husband was taken away from her. And now she was left alone. And she had to make that choice of whether to follow the mother-in-law back to uh, the, her country or not. And she said, yes, I will follow you. And your God shall be my God. And she, 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 she was converted in that sense. You know? And now that the time of the beginning of the Bali harvest, Hallelujah. There is another fresh beginning for you. When, there, when whatever that you have gone through, there is another fresh season for you, waiting for you. All right? The, the, the shattered dream, there's not, it's not the end of the story. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not the end of the story. Any shattered dreams that you have is not the end of the story. There is a barley harvest. It is the beginning of the barley harvest that, 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 that the land is going through. And the famine is over. Hallelujah. And now God is doing a new thing. And you have to understand the season then and move along even to dream again. If you see the barley harvest, you dream again of that new life that you are going to build even in this new place. How do you build it? There are principles that you have to follow in dreaming again. How do you dream again after what you have gone through? After things that have not worked out the way that you wanted it? First of all, you explore your God-given dream again. Now you find that the, the dream that God has given you, even though it has been shattered, many times it's not completely lost. Alright? You have to pick up those pieces again and surrender them to the Lord and begin to explore that dream again and, 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 and what the Lord may have in store for you. Explore that dream. Don't give up completely. Alright? And uh, I think, I think uh, when I was young, I, there is a song. Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? You all know that? Oh, you're my generation! So many <laughs> my generation! You, you like to try to sing it? 
Are you tired of chasing So you have to learn to give them all and explore again, rise up again, all right, in that dream. And he will, he will turn your sorrow into joy. And it's a very powerful one, you know, not just a song, but the fact in life. When you learn to do that, you will have the victory. And you have to accept the reality. Not every dreams that you have will, 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 will come to fulfillment. You have to accept that reality. It's not going to be 100%. Certain things will not turn out. You know, you know if, 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 if your dreams are all fulfilled 100%, hey, you are the perfect person already. All right? And uh, it's just like what they, you, you, you may have heard about Thomas Edison. You know? And they say, well, you have to fail 2,000 times in order to make one light bulb. He says, no, 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 no. I did not fail 2,000 times. All right? I feel only once, and after that, you find that all the other other process, other process in which I come out even with the light bulb. All right. So he did not see himself as failing two thousand times. All right. He keep on working, working, exploring different ways and this and that, and finally it works. All right. And so you find that, you know, many times you think, oh, I'm a failure already. No, totally. No. Explore the new dimension. God may put you into a new situation. God may bring in new people. You begin to explore even that dream. Even if it's a God-given dream, all right, you know, you, you can continue to pursue. If it is not, then explore the new dreams that God has for you. It's a new barley harvest season. And God has that harvest even in store for you. But you have to accept that reality, all right? You know, and just move on from there. Don't keep on pining over oh lost and shattered dreams and just wishing for this, you know, you know, and uh, what might have been. That is one of the things that pull us down. What could have been, what, what might have been that keeps us back from a lot of things. You know, never do that. And then you find us on the track to endure the difficulties. Alright, you accept the reality. Hey, life is like that. It's not going to be easy. You, you, you got a dream, you have to work hard for that dream. It's not going to be, you know, it's not like, well, Lord, I have this dream and God is going to just throw it into your lap. Here it is, it's done, you know. It will not happen that way. You have to slot for it, you know. And so every dream has a price tag to it. Are you willing to pay for it? And so you find that in the case of Ruth. Oh, she's such a diligent person. She really worked hard. What did she do? She went into the fields of Boaz. Alright? Not to rip off the harvest, but to rip off the gleanings. The gleanings, the leftover from the harvesters. You know, and she just picked up a little bit, a little bit, and she was so hardworking. You know, a difficult life, you know. You know, but she already says that, hey, this is her new life, this is her new dream. She does not know what's going to happen yet, but she worked hard at it. Every dream, like I say, has a price tag to it. Are you willing to pay the price for it? If you are willing to work hard at it, I tell you, God will bless, all right, you know, and uh, the skillful hands and, uh, uh, and the patience. You have to be patient with, with, with your dreams. You know, many times, you know, we want, we want a quick fulfillment of that dream, but it may not happen that way at all, you know. And some dreams take years and years. In fact, many dreams, you will never get to see it being fulfilled. It will be passed on to the next generation, all right. And then they are the ones you will carry it. So you find that uh, even those heroes of faith, they never see the rewards of their faith, all right. And 
but they have seen it by faith in their heart. They have seen it from afar in that sense. So you find that uh, we have to, to be patient with God. All right? Be patient with God, whatever dream it is. It takes a while. Some, in some dreams are very fast, in other dreams it will take a while to see the fulfillment. So patience. Be very, very patient with the Lord. And then express your trust in God. Express your trust no matter what happened. And look at what look look at look at what happened from chapter two, chapter three onwards. Oh, now we begin to say, right? God is working in this situation. We were not aware of it. God has been watching over us, you know. And even God is sovereign in this situation, whether it be the famine or whether it be the death even of the husband and of the two sons. God has been working. Behind the scene, God has been working providentially, even for, for, for especially for Naomi and for Ruth, because the place where that where, where Ruth was working, you know, the the boss, the owner of the place was actually a relative of Elimelech, and so because of that they were related, and you know the rest of the story. How later on you find that. Uh, Boaz, the owner of the land, married Ruth, right? Married Ruth. And later, they bear a child. And the child becomes the grandfather, great-grandfather of David. And from the line of, and, and from the line of David. Wow! That's God. It has to be God working providentially to provide for all these things. And do you know that Ruth is the only Bible book in the Bible that is named after a Gentile. Now, Ruth was a Gentile, not, not a Jew. All right? You know, she, had, she followed, you know, she converted and then she followed the God of uh, Naomi. That's, that's the only book with a Gentile name, you know. And God was working providentially all along behind the scene. And when you begin to see the work of God, begin to praise the Lord again. Amen? Begin to praise Him. See how the Lord is working. Keep trusting in the Lord. He never fails. Amen? Amen. Wow. Let me just conclude with this story, you know, of learning how to trust the Lord. You know, and uh, so I stepped down from uh, Glad Tidings last year in uh, July, on July 31st. You know, and uh, so I was ma making preparation already. And I knew that this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And although the future was not clear, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm used to it already, all right? You know, when God says go north, I go north, I just pack my bag and go, all right? You know, and uh, just obey and just trust the Lord, and He has never failed. But then after that, I, I thought for a moment, hey, uh, after July, uh, after July, uh, I leave, uh, no salary already, you know. <laughs> Come on, let's get real, right? You know, you leave, you know, and I already say, no, no salary, no official duties in the church. Although when I'm around, I, will, I may still visit the church, but no salary. You know, I say, Lord, how are you going to take care of me, huh, Lord? <laughs> Begin to have an honest conversation. I think, I think Lord, it'd be, I, I'm not asking for any sign, Lord, but it'd be good if you can give me some kind of assurance, huh? Uh, uh, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. But just, just speak to me in some way, you know. And uh, I'm not asking for a sign. I, I don't believe in uh, what you call the, the, the fleeces of Gideon. You know, Gideon will put our fleece and test the Lord. You know, if it turns, it turns wet, hard, huh, then it is fleece. It is your will. If it is it's dry, then it's not. No, I don't believe in that. All right. I said, but maybe nice, Lord, Father, if you can just speak to me and give me that assurance. And so it was just about one month before the before 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 I stepped down, you know. So 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 one evening about six o'clock, I have to go to to a certain place, old town, all right, to to just get something, right, uh, for my for my for my condo. And so I went there and I found the place. I found the thing and all that. I bargain as usual for the price, you know. Uh, she she quoted me, you know, uh, one hundred and twenty ringgit. You know, I said, ah, too expensive lah. Give discount lah. She said, no, I give you very cheap already. You see the, the price or not? One hundred and ninety one. Now I give you one hundred and twenty. Very cheap already. I said, okay lah, you know. So I took out my wallet and I opened it, you know. And lo and behold, exactly one hundred and twenty. You know, one hundred and twenty ringgit left only. 
But then I was thinking about my dinner because it was six o'clock and, and there they got a nice curry meal. You know? <laughs> just, just down the corner, you know. I said I wanted to have curry meal so. So I, I, I opened the wallet and I showed her, I showed the businesswoman. And I, and I spoke to her in, in Chinese, in Hokkien, you know. how do you what you me? <laughs> it means I give you 120 ringgit. Oh, I got nothing left to eat. What, what am I going to eat? Now she took the 120. She think for a while. She said, "Okay, I give you five dollars." <laughs> so she gave me five dollars. She says, "Ah, I didn't you know. Now go and drink water, lah. Now let me have a drink, you know. Have it." I say, "What? Not five ringgit, lah." Five ringgit not enough for dinner. <laughs> I want dinner. The curry meal costs about uh, seven or eight ringgit. So five ringgit, I cannot. I cannot have my dinner. But anyway, I say okay, you know. So I bought the thing and all those things, you know. And after that, I say, ah, yeah, not enough money. So I, I go to the bank ATM, you know, took out my card, want to withdraw. You know, actually, I just short of five ringgit only, or, or three ringgit also enough already. But no choice, you know, you know, no loose change in the car, you know, so I have to go to the bank ATM and withdraw and put, 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 punch, 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 lo and behold, no money come out. <laughs> I said, what happened? Ay, uh, no money, like that, how? How to eat? Ah, you know, so no choice. I, I was thinking, what to do? And the curry knee store is just across the road already, you know, and I was hungry already, five ringgit. I said, why? Yeah, the, the lady should have given me ten ringgit, you know. <laughs> So anyway, I had to walk to the coffee shop, like to use the toilet, you know, I went in and then after that I came out and lo and behold, seated on one table, not many people, just a few people in, in, the, in, the, in the coffee shop, shop but there was seated there, you know, this man. And the strange thing about this man is he's holding a bunch of notes, you know, 100 ringgit, 50 ringgit, 10 ringgit, 5 ringgit. I've never seen anybody holding a bunch of notes just like that, you know, waiting to be robbed like that. <laughs> I said, it's very strange. I feel like taking you know, take five ringgit enough. You know, you got so much. I can just take five ringgit enough for me already. You know. But then after that, I remember I'm a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, no, 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 no. I, I was shy to ask him also for five ringgit. You know? So I just walk over to the curry meat store, just look around. What to do? What to do? Got five ringgit. You know? Huh? Yeah, I swallow the world, yeah, but I look around and then ah, uh, suddenly I saw they got a QR code one. Huh? Huh? That means uh, you can pay by uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, uh, pay, uh, whatever you call it, you, know? you can scan, ah. Huh? So I say, uh, uh, you accept, uh, you know? You say, oh yeah, 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 you can scan and then uh, we accept, you know? She said, okay, uh, I, I, I order first, you know? I order first, so she began to prepare for me, so I scan. 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 Can I want Really? You want to work? And so I told the girl, Ay, this is too old already to scan one, you know? She says, no, it works, you know? I said, After that, from under the car that she took out, a laminated QR code for me. The big one. Ah, no choice only, and it's brand new, so I see, it, can, it cannot be the QR code, so I scan, 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 cannot work. And there she already almost finished preparing my noodle. Yeah. You know? I don't have money to pay, I have to wash dishes already. <laughs> and I was figuring, what to do, what to do? <laughs> Nothing worse, strangely. Then after that, the lady told me, and uh, do ya, ulang hall ya. I said, somebody paid for me already. I said, what? Somebody paid already? Who, 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 where? And then she pointed to me, you know, there was one, one man, you know, just wearing singlet only, and a short, and slipper, and riding a cup chai, you know, that means a small, small motorbike, you know. And he was just about to reverse already, you know. And from all appearance, I mean, he's common, ordinary person who doesn't even know me. And he could have spotted me trying to scan, scan, scan or something, you know, and doesn't work. And he paid for me. So he was going over and said, thank you, thank you so much, huh? thank you, thank you. And after that, I enjoyed my curry noodle. <laughs> and as I, was, as I was finishing, I said, Lord, all these things are very funny. Huh? How come? Huh? Is it coincidence or what? And then after that, the Lord spoke to me. The word of the Lord came to me. That businesswoman who gave me five ringgit, that one was so unexpected. 
All right? And now this person pay for my meal. And all the other things don't work. Say, Lord, what are you saying? And the word of the Lord says to me, Vincent, don't trust in your bank account. <laughs> don't trust in cash. Don't trust in your wallet. Trust in me. Wow, I say, God, you went through all these just to tell me this. It's amazing, isn't it? God is so amazing. He controlled all of this to make sure that none of this worked so that I can learn the lesson to just trust in the Lord. And I walk away from the table. Tears were flowing down my cheek already. And I went into the car and I wept. Say, Lord, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Church, you can always trust the Lord. When things, when nothing seems to work already, and you are at your wits and even, and you thought that all is lost, you know, hey, you can always trust in the Lord. Doesn't matter what you have gone through, how difficult it has been. Doesn't matter when, 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 when your resources are really running dry. You can always trust in the Lord. It is the new barley harvest season. And God, God who has given you that dream, will tell you, my child, you can dream again. I will do extraordinary things, things that you never imagined. Ruth never imagined that she will marry again. And not just to any ordinary person, but in the lineage of the in the in the line of King David and the Messiah who shall come from the line of David. Amazing. So brothers and sisters, when your dreams are dying, when you want to bury it already, when you want to walk away from it already. Remember, God says, you trust in me. Dream again. I will give you the new Bali harvest season. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let this be a time of um, renewal in the presence of the Lord. We must dream. God wants us to dream. But there are so many forces out there that want to kill the dream in us. Don't let that happen. Don't let it kill your spirit. Continue to look unto the Lord. Come back to Him. Come back to Bethlehem, the house of bread. There will be plenty for you. God will renew you and refresh you. But perhaps you have been so badly affected even by our shattered dreams in life. Perhaps there are people who have hurt you, injured you, caused you to be so broken. I ask you that today, you ask for the healing of the Lord to heal you to touch you and to take away every negative things so that your life will be free from all of these things that will become shackles in your life and begin to live in that freedom again. Begin to dare to dream again in the Lord. He will do amazing things. Though I don't know what lies ahead, there may be difficulties. You may have to find a new job. You may have to find even a lowly job, even a clerical job. But don't despise the day of small things. God is able to build up that dream again and make you the kind of person He wants you to be. So let's come before the Lord right now. Surrender to what the Holy Spirit is saying to each one of us. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, you know each and every one of us, where we are, dear Lord, even right now. Deal with us, Holy Spirit. Deal with each one of us, dear Lord. Hallelujah. I pray, dear God, hallelujah. Oh, that the joy of the Lord will be with your people once again, dear Lord. You will refresh and renew us, dear Lord, in our dream life, dear Lord, and experiences. Whatever that we have gone through, Lord, is not meant to destroy us. It's not meant to kill us in any way, Lord. But it becomes the seed, dear Lord, for a new harvest, even in our lives, dear Lord. And so even right now, I pray, dear Father, Whatever that we have gone through, use it, dear Lord, even to bring forth new things in our life, dear God. Oh, we look to you, dear Lord, that we may dream again in you. We may dream a new dream in you, dear Lord, a fresh dream in you, dear Lord. Hallelujah. And so right now, touch your people. Holy Spirit, come, dear Lord. Enter into our life as we surrender and bring all those broken pieces to you. You are but you put it back together, dear Lord. For you are the potter. We are the clay, dear Lord. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that you will bring healing. You will bring restoration. You will bring renewal. You will bring, dear Lord, fresh life into our dreams, Lord. Once again, dear Father, we thank you. We look to you, dear Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I know that God is speaking to some of you in some very, very sensitive areas. Surrender to Him right now, right where you are. He is bringing that healing touch upon you. It has been so painful. It has been so difficult. But the Lord is touching you even right now. Hallelujah. How many of you want to catch a new dreams in the Lord? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your life has been robbed of that energy, of that motivation, of that dream in the Lord. But you want to rise again in the Lord. You are not going to let the enemy kill those dreams that have that has typified your life. Oh, oh, to be, uh, you have been such a you have been such a uh, wonderful, powerful person. You know, and who knows who knows what God has for you. But then the things in life have robbed you out of that energy yes, and motivation and now you have been demotivated you are so down every time yes, but today I dare you to dream again yes, I dare you that you do not quit on life I dare yes, you whatever age you are at God has a new plan a new dream yes, for you yes, you can dream again in the Lord hallelujah yes, shall we all rise together hallelujah. even as you worship the Lord and if you want us to pray for you or with you in whatever area I know I'd like to invite you to come to the front and let the Lord just begin to just deal with you. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That each one of us may dream again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.